Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast, presented by BetOnline.ag. This is episode 42. I am Cam Rogers. She is Bridget Whalen. This is the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We are your Tiger Woods experts. We are here for you. It is a loaded show as we completely dissect the match champions for charity the most watched golf event in cable tv history bridget whalen's here i'm here as well and we've got you covered all throughout the show follow me on twitter at mr rogers 99 and on the gram at mr rogers 98 bridget on twitter and instagram at bridget k whalen that is the rundown, the match, what we saw from Tiger Woods, and when will we see Tiger Woods on the golf course again? We will get into that here on the show. All right, well, the match has concluded. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning successful over Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, a one-up victory. Phil's quote-unquote Tiger Slayer putter from 2012 didn't vault him to victory, if you will. This event averaged nearly 6 million viewers. Now, perhaps COVID was a reason for that and the lack of sports, but this was truly a success because of the money raised for COVID-19 relief. Nearly, or actually exactly $20 million raised. A beautiful thing. Tiger's shoes were absolutely beautiful to look at, by the way. Another note, Justin Thomas killed it on the course as a reporter. Charles Barkley was everything we could have imagined and more. This was exactly what we were expecting, and it was so great to see it unfold. And we had drama toward the end as well. Here to break it all down, of course, Bridget. And you have a lot to say about this, so I just want to get your macro perspective, your general reactions to what was really a beautiful event. Hey there, what's up? <laughs> we got our fill of tiger, huh? It's like yeah, after Thanksgiving, you are like full, you wanna take a nap. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Um, the overall, my, my, uh, my overall like opinion of this event is that the only wrinkle was the weather. Like it was great. Honestly, it, it's just about the only thing that went wrong in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I, I, I couldn't have been more happy with the way it turned out. The whole thing sort of exceeded my expectations in a way because in the beginning, it sort it, you know, there was a delay, got to a slow start. Um, the front nine, I, I definitely think y you could do without the best ball. I think that that's an overrated format anyway, yeah. especially when you have, you know, uh, guys who aren't professional golfers per se. So once we got to the back nine, whoo. I mean, I could have watched, I don't know. I could, I could go for having an event like this, substitute a PJ Tour event monthly. Like I'm being totally transparent with that. Um, I definitely anticipated Justin Thomas and Charles Barkley being my favorite parts and for sure they were. 
I have to say, Tiger played outstandingly well. He looked he he looked like so free and painless and relaxed that free is a great word. I agree oh, with that. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. We haven't seen the guy in almost a hundred days. The last time we saw him was at Riviera and he did not look good. Just think about him pulling out of the players. Yeah. Like what what like mass panic that sent everyone into with the August with August with the August <laughs> with the masters looming. Like this was incredible and and leave it to Tiger. He, literally, I think the guy, like Tom Brady, practices voodoo magic or something. Because the timing of this pan- global pandemic couldn't have favored the, the dude more. Yeah. Um, the, the ratings were insane. Literally insane. They beat, to put it into golf perspective, those ratings beat out the PGA and the Open last year. Like, that's in, insane. Incredible. And yeah, like, like you pointed to, you know, COVID definitely had an influence, but the tailor-made relief numbers were like, two, I think it was 2.35. So the tiger effect is alive and it is real and it's 2020 and it's still in full effect. And, and I like, I honestly, I couldn't be happier and it almost makes me nervous. And I'm going to say this um, very like, like with caution for the state of the game, because it, Tiger's getting up there, you know, and, and we like to believe that, Oh, like Rory McElroy is, is going to take over. He's number one in the world right now. He's the golden boy, but like he played two weeks ago and it, and it didn't do anything. Dustin Johnson was in the field. Ricky Fowler, who literally is like the, Honestly, he's like one of the most iconic personas in golf and he hasn't even won that much. And it's because of the publicity that he rakes in and, you know, via advertisements and, and outreach and his look, the orange, the, the style, whatever. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I think longevity of this sport, like we are still waiting for that young guy to fulfill the the imprint that Tiger Woods is, as you said, really cool shoes are going to leave. Yeah. Like after Tiger, I I don't know. It makes me nervous. It really makes me nervous. And unless there's like a huge revamp of how this world views golf, it's going to be in trouble because how they have it now, he is their saving grace. So I really hope that this event, I hope that the big wigs of golf, the people who can make decisions, which there are very few of them in golf, but they are very powerful. I sure hope that they look at this event really, really intently. I really do. You better believe this was a learning experience for the big wigs, like you mentioned, because you look at the numbers, you look at the excitement around all of this. And if you're Jay Monahan and other members of leadership in the golf world, you are looking at this event as perhaps a launch pad for changes on the PGA Tour come the rest of 2020, perhaps in 2021. We're talking about miking up players, maybe a couple of them per tournament or doing mid-round interviews. But at the end of the day, Bridget, the buck stops with Tiger. And I totally share your apprehension about life afterwards. And honestly, I don't even want to go into that because it's going to make me tear up. But it's a real thing. And to have this guy reel in the amount of eyeballs that really just happened on Sunday afternoon is truly incredible. Now, with that said, 
we have to give a lot of credit to just the overall presentation of the broadcast and the fact that Manning and Brady didn't have to do this. They volunteered their time to take part in this event. Phil Mickelson brings in a solid fan base too. We know what Charles Barkley can do. Perhaps he brought in some NBA on TNT fans to tune in and Justin Thomas being an on-course reporter. Tiger, of course, led the charge here, but there were other factors at play that I think garnered new eyeballs into the golfing sphere, and maybe those eyeballs will stay for, say, the Charles Schwab Challenge for the Memorial in mid-July, et cetera, et cetera. It's something to think about. And so for this event, I really hope it's not just a one-off type thing where it's like, okay, this was great, now let's move on. No, I want this to be the start of something new, perhaps, whether it's on the PGA Tour, whether it's, heck, a monthly thing like this, Bridget, or a yearly thing. Now, with that said, this event was possible because of quarantine. And by that, I mean everybody doesn't go to their day job right now, or I know we're opening up a little bit, but at this point, you know, it's a little bit iffy. And you have Brady, who's doing virtual workouts and all of this stuff, so he doesn't have to be in Tampa Bay. Manning is retired, I get it. And Mickelson and Woods are not on the tour right now because of the moment of pause. So that allowed these guys to get together and do this. So for the future editions of the match, which we'll talk about, the logistics are going to be more difficult because people – likely will be back with their day jobs and traveling and all of that jazz. But in terms of this overall event, I really do hope, Bridget, it's a launch pad for new content, new ways to bring fans into the fold. Yeah, and according to the LA Times, um, Phil has said that he wants to make this a yearly thing the day after Thanksgiving, um, and that the only constant would be him and Tiger, which I think is the only way to go. Like, I don't... Like, I would love, you know, it's going to be charity. I would love to, like, get other players in the mix. But I think unless there's, like, a really super close dynamic, like Tiger and Justin Thomas obviously being paired would be incredible. But unless there's something like that, then I think the competitiveness of the format has to introduce celebrities, you know, whether in the article, like, Larry David was mentioned, Bill Murray, or you bring in professional athletes like the Tony Romo and Steph Curry, who actually have played, you know, professional golf. I mean, they good players, they yeah. Play. Yeah, um, I think that Steph, because of his Callaway deal, was in line to actually um, be paired with Tiger and not Manning. But Manning's people and Tiger's people are the same, so that just happened to work out. And then the natural rivalry between Brady and Manning was obviously, mm-hmm. you know, that's something you want to exploit. But I honestly think that something like this, like a small field where we could see these players' personas, we could hear their thoughts, we're inside the ropes. It, like that is an unmatched experience. It's sure. so different than like a full field, cameras jumping from you know player to player, filling the space. My favorite thing about this event was the silence that they allowed the broadcasters allowed so we could hear the players. Like I am so over broadcasters talking constantly. Like it's so annoying, honestly, it really is annoying. So like, this was so nice that they like laid out and there was like silence and there was space. I I mean, the overall was just so different in like a way that was so like nouveau and good. And even like having the guys, 
I don't know if they were like intentionally ignoring the questions or there was, Tiger did mention there was a lot of static in his earpiece. Yeah, the rain was a factor for right, sure. the weather. But it was almost funny when they would ask like, you know, Brady a question and he wouldn't respond and you just have the cart cam on. Like also seeing these guys in carts was incredible. Seeing Tiger like one foot out, like wiping his grip dry, like I could actually do without caddies, I learned, which like, uh-oh, sorry for you guys. But like, it was so cool to see Tiger do all the work. I was like, wow, this is what a practice day with Tiger Woods is like. Yeah. He is, right, like he is out there doing it all. And of course they could do it all. They're pro golfers. But like, we see the reliance on the caddy so often during tour events that it's kind of like hard to picture them out there on their own. But they are. I mean, they've done this their whole lives. So that was super cool. There were so many little elements that just made you like want more and want more of these types of events. Uh, like the narrowed down field, if they could figure out how to do smaller field events, which now we're bringing like Premier Golf League back into the mix, because that was their like whole idea. Right. I am not for Premier Golf League, I'm just gonna say. But if there could be some way like Obviously, WGCs do it, and there are, you know, there are events currently that have the whittled down fields, but I'm saying, like, even more so, so that we almost, like, become a part of the event. Like, it was, honestly, it was, like, something that you, um, you almost dream of having, and that it was happening in real time was insane to me. I'm like, well, I live in Florida and I know what's going on right now. And yeah, this is the weather. Like this is happening in real time. It, I don't, it just seemed too perfect that it was live almost. It truly was an out of this world experience, particularly because of the mic'd up element. Yes. We got inside the brains of Mickelson and Woods and even Brady and Manning too. And it was just, it was so interesting to see them analyze before shot and hear them and get their thoughts. Obviously, Phil had that one moment with JT being very analytical about an off the green shot that he had, talking about the grain and all this. And that as was a so student, vintage, <laughs> so classic. And as a student of the game, it's like you certainly appreciate that as much as JT calling Charles Barkley a fat ass. You know what I mean? It was like on par. So it really was enjoyable. And you literally could ask, ask Tiger Woods whatever you wanted on air as a broadcaster. And I think at one point, Barkley was asking Woods about the schedule. And I was like, oh, come on, Tiger, answer this question. When am I going to see you again? And I think he shut him down. I was like, hey, I got to go help out my partner. Sorry. So it was like this four-hour opportunity for an exclusive interview with Tiger Woods in a way. It was just so interesting. And... It almost makes me kind of sad to go back to a regular golf yeah. TV broadcast, Bridget. I'm sorry to say. No, I agree. And and we did get that that little uh, bomb drop from JT because I don't think they were anticipating it. My my one critique was just let them swear. You don't need to cut the mics. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, like I want to see Brady frustrated. 
I've never seen Brady frustrated. The guy has everything going his way. And in, in football, he like when things were going wrong, they miraculously somehow turned right. So I loved this Florida Brady because he was not the best. He was not doing well. He looked like a hack for like with, the first until he holed out. He looked really bad. With that said, though, it's like I really wasn't on board with, hey, I'm enjoying watching Brady struggle because it was like cringeworthy to watch. I'm like, oh, crap. This is going to take like 30 minutes for Brady to find his ball. It's almost like when you're playing on the course and you're playing with somebody who sucks and you try to look yeah. away because you don't want to hit that same shot that just sucked. It's like kind of that same thing. I'm glad he picked it up later, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking like, man, this front nine is going to lag so right. much because of this format. But, you know, it, like that was kind of almost the little like, wow, these, this is, you know, they're real people too. And it's insane that professional athletes are just so in tune with their body that like these guys are the best of the best in, in the football world. And they're they're pretty good on the golf course too. Like, it's just insane to me that athleticism like really does. It, it is indicative of, you know, crossing over to any sport. Um, but for me, I was like, man, I've been a Giants fan my whole life. I, there is no one more than the Patriots as a whole that, that I dislike. I, I don't like to use the word hate, but I really dislike the team. And now that Brady's down here in Florida, I'm like, geez, I kind of like the guy. Maybe this, like, Florida Brady I'm going to be a fan of. Honestly, like, my least favorite athlete on the planet. I'm going to be straight up honest there. And I enjoyed him on Sunday. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed the dude. You know, after Sunday afternoon, I became more of a fan of all four of those guys, honestly, yeah. especially Phil Mickelson, somebody who, you know, I've just been indifferent about in my career as a golf fan. Like, yeah, exciting guy to watch, really is risky on the course. That's fun too. And then, you know, he started to develop this personality, especially on Twitter and then mm -hmm. chirping Tiger on social media before the match and all this. I'm like, hey, I kind of like Phil Mickelson. We need this kind of personality. So I'm more of a fan of him now, especially than ever before. I was going to ask you this and you just answered it. Oh, no. So I know this is one of my questions. So Phil, as a golf fan, it, like we're both Tiger fans, right? Yeah. So like if you're a Tiger fan, you like Phil, but like you're like, eh, but Tiger's just like better. <laughs> like, and that's just the consensus. So I, like you, I'm like, man, he's kind of winning me over. I used to think he was such a phony person. Right. Like I almost used to think he like really layered it on like thick like just like saccharine sweet like he is maple syrup. family man yes like everything is you know happy go lucky and like even when he does you know has a poor round does poorly it, it's somehow still like part of his plan and I'm like oh come on like yeah. I can't <laughs> and like my whole like you know my whole like golf career fan fandomism has been that way with him where I'm like I don't know he's like an enigma to me like is he being honest is he like horrible behind closed doors like I don't know but over like the past what like year and a half where he's like have fireside Phil and he's become like a Twitter persona I I really like him like I really really like Phil Mickelson 
and it's almost weird to me and I wanted to know you I'm like what is are you now like Phil and Tiger I kind of I'm gonna miss both of them so right. much no it's, I really hope Phil can contend on the PGA Tour continually throughout the coming years, especially at major championships. It's a lot more fun to watch a major when Phil is involved. Now he's getting up there, but he won the AT&T National Pro-Am back in 2019. So the guy can still toss it around with the young that guy. That was at Pebble. <laughs> what was he that? There. But that was at Pebble. I know, he, I know. So for me, like he hinted at champions tour and then i saw pga tour when they repurposed the video they slayed it in like as a um you know like uh what are they called closed captions they put yeah. pga tour champions and he said champions tour but he hinted at that so i'm like no are you like literally thinking about going over there full time don't do it oh i don't know but i really it took me a really long time and I was going to ask you like now I'm a Phil fan. Like I finally got there, which is yeah. weird. I think I'm there, Bridget. I'm there. We're there I mean, we're there together. <laughs> we're there together. And honestly, I'm thinking back to the Taylor made driving relief. How do I feel about those four guys? Not any different. Honestly, I'm not a DJ fan and sorry. I'm not a Ricky fan per se. I think he's a fine guy. Cool guy. Same for Rory and same for Wolf, but it's like, you're not giving me anything extra. Phil's giving me that extra. And Tiger speaks for himself, you know. Yeah, so I used to be a big Ricky fan, like a, a big champion of the kid. Um, I just always thought he was missing the mark. And then within the past, like, two, three years, I, I migrated to Justin Thomas. Like, you know, a weird – I don't know what happened. I think I did an assignment where I had to do, like, a deep dive on him and – you know when like you learn more about a uh like a whether it's a celebrity or professional athlete you learn more about them personally and you almost like become attached to them so that kind of happened with me and Justin Thomas and I for the past like it, about three years I've really like gotten on his side like big time and then seeing him as an on-course reporter the insight the yeah do you know how tough it is to be an on-course reporter? Like you say the ahs, the ums. You don't want to waste players' time because they're out there trying to do the thing. Like you really got to be like tight and like get in and get out. He was so good that I was like, man, this kid, number four in the world, like he, he does it. He does it for me way more than Rory. He does it for me way more than Ricky. Jordan Spieth has fell off the planet. Where like, is Jordan Spieth? Somebody <laughs> should check in on him. Um, Dustin Johnson is, is something to behold, something to watch. His swagger is incredible. His drives are insane. His, he, he's like the length, he's like Mr. Gumby, the way he hits the ball. Like, don't get me wrong. Like there are a lot of guys that, that, you know, you can like for, for what they do for the game, but Justin Thomas calling Tiger, Mr. Eldrick, you know, that Tiger has like knighted this kid. Like he literally has given him the golden crown which is everything I think for golf. Like if Tiger gives you the approval, like you are, you are it. So he is my guy. He has been my guy for a while, but now he is my guy to watch. And, and is he going to be the next Tiger Woods? No, like no one is, but he does give me a semblance of hope as like, okay, there, there are, you know, there's kid. I, I'm saying kids and he's like my age, but there are, players out there that I think will 
sort of get the baton and carry it on. Yeah, and obviously the fact that JT was an on-course reporter has Tiger's fingerprints all over it, you know? He was a big reason why JT was on the course there, and thank God he was. He was a great addition. Talking about Tom Brady real quick, because my argument with him has always been, all right, why waste your energy getting mad at this guy and hating this guy when you can sit back from a third-party perspective and just enjoy the greatness before you? If your team is out of it, why not and just enjoy what you're witnessing from Tom Brady and move on with your life? Because I was never that constant hater of him, but I also wasn't like a lover or anything like that. Obviously, I'm a Ravens fan and all that, but you know, for Tom Brady, it was nice to see him throw some jabs, throw some barbs out there during the broadcast. And even he showed some pretty darn good personality. He was the wild card for me going into this. And he came out pretty solidly. It was nice to see him actually somewhat look like an eight handicap on that back nine. We were talking about this a little bit, Bridget. I was like, no way Manning's a two and Brady's an eight. But you know what? No way. Yeah. These are two guys who have mastered the art of quarterbacking, going on national TV, and playing a completely different sport. So I give them plenty of slack, especially in the early going there. But as for Brady, I mean, I enjoyed him, you know? I like how you said he deflated. Uh, they deflated their handicap. Yeah, I didn't know the right way to say that even, and then it turned into a pun. <laughs> well, because of deflate gate right, with Brady. Right. That was great. I was like, man, Kim. <laughs> you dropped it so quickly that I was like oh okay he's coming at it today oh yeah I think I said Um, it on air once with a radio interview that's pretty funny um I read it out loud because I was like wait I gotta fully like get the full effect of this um I so okay so I'm just gonna give you my perspective please so coming from someone who Eli Manning is my quarterback. Got to say those sponsored tweets that were like flooding my Twitter, his tweets, that was hilarious. That was, that was a great tactic um, on the, the PR side. So he is my quarterback, right? Like I'm a Giants fan. And Brady is our nemesis per se. Every time, like I cannot, you know, I rooted against the Patriots even when the Giants weren't playing them. I just, oh, like, you could say I was a Giants fan and I was an anti-Patriots fan. Every time, like, it seemed like the Patriots were going to lose, somehow Brady pulled the rabbit out of his hat and they won. So for me, I always saw Brady as, like, I'm going to throw this word out there, a cheater. Mm. Like, I was like, there's no way that this guy is, this is honestly happening. And now – chalk that up to me being like a really bitter Giants fan and sure like most people listening to this are going to be like all right calm down but to me that's how I saw the guy I think Belichick's a cheater and I thought Brady was a cheater so like I don't like cheaters I don't like liars so like he was put in that box for me seeing him on Sunday the guy is a goddamn goofball he's a goddamn goofball like he is so goofy (laughs) I like I've I I never knew he was that goofy when he holed out and he was like let me have my airtime now I want to thank my family yeah. my kid that was was that incredible like what a goofball like a literal buffoon so to see a guy who is that excellent at at a sport I'm talking about football is is like literally the best of the best be so down to earth and like relatable I, I loved it. It was great. 
great. Overall, Even to this day, Tiger to me is not relatable. And I have seen him in the most relatable moments. I We have seen him hit rock bottom. He still, to me, is Superman. So to me, Tiger, I'm still not at that level with Tiger Woods. And that's what I got to say about that. The match champions for charity was certainly a beautiful event, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about ideas for the match 3.0, but first a word from our friends at Bet Online. The Tiger Woods podcast is presented by betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. Folks, I get it, no NBA, NHL, or MLB, but we have NASCAR, Madden, and NBA 2K simulations, UFC, online casino with poker and blackjack, and so much more. So use my promo code for your welcome bonus on your first deposit. M Y P O D 100. My Pod 100. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use my promo code MYPOD100. All right, Bridget. So you kind of hinted at this. The match 3.0, Tiger and Phil have to be the cornerstones of this event. And I absolutely agree. I think they still have to ride out this rivalry here. And. The day after Thanksgiving, I'm about that because, A, I love Thanksgiving time to begin with. The Thanksgiving Eve high school reunion, I eat that up. I always have a yearly pickup basketball game with my fantasy football league. Throw in Tiger and Phil, I love that as well. So give me some of that. And now we have to fill the slots again. No Manning, no Brady. Any thoughts off the top of your head? So first, I was going to say to you – if it's not Tiger and Phil, would it even be entertained? <sighs> I don't no, think right? it can. Right. No. Yeah. Like, so the fact that like people were throwing out, like, you know, maybe you have like John Rahm and Dustin John. And it's oh, like, I no. Saw that. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, right? Like, we're in agreement. Like, it has to be Tiger and Phil. This is their thing. I think that they put a lot of work into making the first one happen. I read a little bit about it. I didn't realize how much went into it. But, like, this was a long time coming idea from both of them. In one article, it said they've been sort of um, contemplating this since Tiger was, like, out of the mix, playing professionally. Like, how to – this would be, like, how to get him back, which I was like, wow, we're Mm. going back, like, 2015. Like, we're going back, like, long time ago. So um, I think that this is their thing which I love, like, I, I, I would see Tiger, I would put a cam in his house and just watch him make coffee and pancakes. Like, I, like whatever the guy wants to do, I'm watching. <laughs> I think that going forward, it might be weird if you bring two, like, celebs or, or crossover athletes who aren't that great at golf. I think that that has to be tread lightly. Like, I did see – um. Like Bill Murray, obviously, is a good golfer, so that's fine. But I saw some, you know, kind of like random guys who I'm like, I don't even, do they, are they that good? So I think that that will be an integral element. They have to play well. Otherwise, it, it, I don't know. It, it's so just single it digits a mess. handicap, yeah. Yes, even if it's deflated, you know. Deflated. <laughs> um, def- deflated handicaps. But I do think that if they have it like a yearly, like, you know, if they want to make that like day after Thanksgiving, the yearly thing, I think it is a benchmark great idea. Because keep in mind, 
that time of year, we are a little starved. Um, We're for, home, likely. For, right, right. We're, well, yeah. <laughs> um, we're starved after Thanksgiving. That's <laughs> together. That, that was an ironic sense. word but, to use. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving, we are starved. Um, it is definitely like a time of year that I think they're like sort of downtime. It would allow people like you said, this was all made possible because of Corona. I think that that time of year, you also hit this like little sweet spot. So I like it. I really do like it. And I, I honestly would love to see, I want to see Steph Curry out there. I want to see guys who I've seen Tony Romo out there. I want to see guys who I've seen play well, you know, on Corn Ferry Tour or in Pro-Ams, whatever it may be. Because I think that that is going to just up the ante, really. Like, this was great to see these guys play. I was surprised at, at how good – I mean, Manning making those birdies, I was surprised. I'm going to be honest. Like, saying you're, hand, saying you're whatever handicap and then actually doing it, yeah. you know, keep in mind, like, they knew that – maybe they didn't think 6 million people were watching, but they knew that a ton of eyes were going to be on them. That's a lot of pressure, you know? Um I don't know. I, I, it was so much fun. I had so much fun. So I hope that it continues. I hope we get more of it. The logic behind Tiger and Phil continuing this also is that they've done this twice now. Logistically speaking, they know how to operate. They obviously have staff members in place to get the marketing down, the PR, the connections with the media. Clearly, Turner Sports has a good relationship with Tiger and Phil. They broadcast the last two editions of this thing. So that makes sense as well. I have kept throwing around this name, and maybe it's the timing because of the last dance. But does Michael Jordan get involved at some point? Yeah, absolutely. I think he he is at the top of their list. I even read something on Twitter, which was hilarious, and I'm sorry. I do not remember who tweeted it, so whoever did, I give you all the credit. But they say that um, whether Tiger or Tiger or Phil is – is, uh, paired with Michael or if it rotates between each and then on each hole Michael meets one of his like ex nemesis <laughs> so you just have like a bunch of you know former basketball players meeting Michael on the on the next and next team Isaiah like that's pretty funny chief among them <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like that'd be great and he doesn't know who it's gonna be oh my like, god like come on that would yeah, he that would be great. Like that. maybe you know that. <laughs> no, but maybe you'd only get to be able to do nine holes. I don't know if he has eighteen guys um, that you know at least could get out there and play. But I was like, oh my god, that would be like a made-for-TV movie. It'd be like, and who's on team number seven? <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Michael is the top. I think Justin Timberlake would be an interesting one, too. I would assume he has a good relationship with Tiger and Phil. And JT is pretty darn good at golf, too. So he's a name he's to watch for. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about one of the more talented guys on this planet, by the way, Bridget. This is a Tiger Woods podcast. Right. He's as, as talented as they come in the game of golf. But JT can do, like, everything. So true. There's There's a lot of guys. Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of a lot of celebrities and, and professional sp sporting guys and other, you know, other sports that are really good at golf. It's like crazy. The list is wild. So they really have a plethora of people to choose from. So do you think this happens for a third time? Very confident in that? Yeah, I think that they're already, um, 
you know, whether it's talking about it or figuring it out. I think they're already into it. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Tiger's game and maybe when we will see him next. He looked great. And I love the use of free that you implemented into this show because he just looked so easy. He was shaping his shots perfectly. The low bleeder cutters, the draws. I have been saying, let's put an asterisk next to this a little bit just because he was playing at medalist and he knows the course like the back of his hand. But also, a golf swing is a golf swing is a golf swing, whether you're at Top Golf or Medalist or Augusta. So he looked really good. No semblance of any back issues. There was this moment, Bridget, maybe before the players, where we were like, oh, my God, are we going to see him at Augusta in April? You know what I mean? And now we come out of this event thinking that Tiger actually has some really good momentum going into this 2020 restart of the schedule. Yeah, I mean, he hit some pitch shots that I was, like, salivating over. He hit that long bunker shot that was just, like, uh, <laughs> like so vintage. Um, his off the tee, like you said, it was probably the best. Um, he didn't miss a fairway. Like, wh what? What is happening? Yeah, it was at Medalist. Sure, yeah, it was, you know, a relaxed, non-PGA Tour event. Sure, sure, sure. But he's Tiger. Like, he zones everything out. How he's playing at Medalist, I think, is indicative of how we will see him when, um, he, whenever he returns, which is my question to you. Mm. When does he return? Because I know that they said Phil is probably going to play in the Charles Schwab. That's the rumor. So I have it counted out at roughly seven Tiger Woods tournaments the rest of 2020. And I think we start with mid-July, the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide, which is Jack's tournament. If he doesn't play that, he's waiting all the way until August at the PGA Championship. So I think he has to play at least once between then and now. So give me the Memorial as stop number one. Before that, it's the Rocket Mortgage Classic, John Deere. These are tournaments that Tiger doesn't play in. So I have been saying that Memorial is likely stop number one. Then you have the PGA, which is stop number two. I'm guessing he's going to play only two of the three FedEx Cup events. So now we're at four. Right. U.S. Open at five. Probably defends his title in Japan at the Zozo, six. Then you have the Masters, seven. With that said, though, this is, as they say, unprecedented times. And we could have a very out-of-nowhere commitment from Tiger Woods at a random tournament. And maybe it is Charles Schwab. Highly doubtful. But at this point in time, in the world that we live in, I think everything is possible. So I still lean toward Tiger being very picky and choosy with where he plays. I think he wants to be 100% ready to rock for every major championship. That is the focus. Maybe throw in WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Maybe he plays in that. I don't know. It depends on the FedEx Cup standings, but I think he's fine. Single digits, though, in terms of how many times we see him the rest of the way. Yeah, for me, I think that a lot of players, the incentive to play one of these early events is just to see what the vibe is, see what the protocol is, get that feel of a, a fanless, um, you know, environment pretty much. I think that it is prudent for players to just see what's going on before um, a big event, 
like, you know, the PGA occurs. So I do see him playing prior to August. I agree with you on that. And, and what a better place than Jack's, you know, place to return. So I'm totally in agreement with you there. I also think he keeps it to single digits. Why at this point, you know, risk anything like this actually benefited tiger so largely this was almost like a respite year and and he needed it he had been hinting for you know since 2018 pretty much that he cannot play the schedule the packed schedule that he did um that season so this it's insane how this worked out into his favor and um I agree with you. I think that he's going to focus obviously on the ma majors. And I think that he's probably going to get one event in before um, they head out to, to Harding Park. I didn't mention the Ryder Cup, particularly because I don't think it's going to happen. Bridget, are you seeing these headlines of the players being like, yeah, let's not do this if we can't have fans. You know what I mean? So it's weird. I listened to Shane, uh, sorry, not Shane, Jeff Shackler almost gave Shane Bacon a shout out there on the on the brain bacon on the brain he always deserves um, a shout out <laughs> I know and he is definitely always on my brain um so I listened to Jeff Shackelford's podcast yesterday and he brought up an interesting point and I I don't know if I completely can see it you know his way but I do agree with him having players mic'd up is really cool and having players mic'd up during the Ryder Cup would be really cool. Mm. And like being able to hear, you know, the conversation, the banter, the trash talk, the um, getting that inside feel that we got at the match this past Sunday at the Ryder Cup would be pretty cool. <laughs> now I feel like Larry David, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Not a bad um, idea. So. Yeah, so I don't know. I could see it if they could figure something out where we get guys mic'd up and we get it sort of inside the ropes um, experience as we did in this charity event. And maybe they have some charitable sort of incentive going where, you know, Team Europe is playing for something and, and USA is playing for something. I don't know. I could see it almost taking the match vibe and going towards more of an event like that, which it definitely would be on a grander scale. Obviously, there'd be more players, but it would be small, very, you know, it's a smaller field, if you want to call it a field. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now I, I'm having, after hearing what Shaq said, I'm like, I could actually really see that happening. So I don't know. The thing it for me is getting the European guys who do live overseas coming here, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm... Uh, I'm wary on the travel obviously is going to be top of mind as we go forward throughout the summer and perhaps restrictions are lifted. Now, are you saying that you heard the idea of players mic'd up at the Ryder cup with no fans or with fans? So that would be fanless. That would fanless, be like, okay. yeah, if it was going, I think no matter what, it's going to be fanless. So I think, for it to happen fanless, you need to do something out of the box because fans are such an integral part of the Ryder Cup. Like that energy is really like another player, you could say, you know, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. So I think if they're, if they're going to go through with it and do it fanless, you, you got to bring something else into the mix that, that makes people intrigued. So if you're feeling no fans at the Ryder Cup, are you saying no fans on the PJ Tour the rest of the summer? 
Yeah. I mean, logistically, I just don't see how you do it. I, I you know, I get if you want to do like 25% capacity and you want to chip their badges and, but like, right. that's a lot, you know, and it's, that's still bringing so much uncertainty into the mix that you don't really necessarily have to have like fans aren't integral to watching the sport go down from the comfort of your, your home, you know, like the fans aren't the end all be all. It's not going to, if, if they could figure out how to mic up some guys, like, you know, whether it changes from hole to hole, like who we have mic'd up, like they've done this on the corn Ferry tour that it has been done before. Then fans sort of, you know, you don't really miss them that much. If they bring in some other aspect is what I'm saying I agree. to fill the void of that odd silence. Cause yes, the silence at the tailor-made relief event was odd. And those guys, for some odd reason, the dynamic was just off and the chatter wasn't flowing and it was weird. And as I admitted on last week's podcast, I tuned out after about an hour and a half. And that was just because it was making me sad. <laughs> it was making me sad that now this is the state of the game. It, w- it was kind of like I needed to remove myself from the situation, so I turned it off. Now, this past Sunday, yes, Tiger was in the mix, and I'm a Tiger dork. But the dynamic and hearing – and, you know, there was a constant flow. And, yes, chalk it up to Phil. He, he could provide nonstop entertainment. I can't imagine what it is like to live with Phil Mickelson. I'm just going to put that out there. The ultimate guy probably, like, talk. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> the ultimate dad joker. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like it what what happened this Sunday made me super positive about going, you know, the state of the game going forward without fans. The only thing is, yeah, when a normal PJ Tour event comes back into play, the dynamic is going to be a 180 difference. And yeah. I totally get that. It's just if they could somehow figure out a factor that's different from the standard event that now we're going to sort of bring into the mix that will sort of benefit the viewers at home and will add to the overall experience that which miking up players might be the thing like no you can't mic up Dustin Johnson maybe but maybe you can cuz when he's out there with his brother who's his caddy maybe his vibe is different who knows but I think that that is definitely a key factor going forward, doing something that is different from the standard tournament dynamic. Well, you better believe the wheels are turning right now in the circles of golf leadership as they try to seize this moment in a way, Bridget, as we return to golf, because the demand for live sports is high. The supply is low. You have NASCAR, you have UFC, and you have the PGA Tour coming up. So this is a moment for the PGA Tour to reel in new fans. And I think the match 2.0 was a great starting point. And hopefully Jay Monahan continues that momentum as we get into the Charles Schwab and so on and so forth. So Bridget, any closing thoughts on Sunday afternoon and going forward? Yeah, I hope the executive branches of golf they need to use this moving forward. I think that that's the um, overarching theme here. I love Tiger Woods. I wish I could see him every day play golf out at Medalist, or I mean, I'm sure he doesn't play every day, but that was such a treat. 
And I'm very thankful to Phil and Tiger for making it happen. Also amazing, raising $20 million for COVID-19 relief. I mean. Insane. That's insane. And yeah. There has to be like a place where all those giant checks go. It would be really cool to have like a museum of just massive checks. I think someone needs to look into doing that. We have an idea. There you go. I love it, Bridget. You're thinking right now. <laughs> the only wacky Wednesday moment I have is Tom Brady ripped his pants on national TV. That is social distancing at its finest. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. And I didn't see it happen in real time. I did see him then have a change of pants. And I was like, did he change his pants? That was weird. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? What just something's different here. The picture that I think PGA Tour released of him bending and getting his, you know, when he hold out out of the cup and ripping the pants. I mean, just gold. Wacky, wacky at its finest. That was amazing. All you need is SpongeBob to sing that I ripped my pants song and it's perfect right there. Tom Brady, he's just like us. He rips there his pants. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Tiger Woods podcast presented by betonline.ag. The PGA Tour schedule is about to ramp up, so Bridget and I are very excited to talk about some real golf that are go that is going to be really interesting to watch. So stay tuned for that. And for Bridget Whalen, I'm Cam Rogers. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.